Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another Sparking 160 EN podcast. This is number 115. We got another special one for you. Joined by uh, the regulars, Christian and Sam, but also joined by a very uh, special guest again and good friend of the show, Con Murphy. Con, how are you today, man? Great, guys. Um, do you know something? Just listening to that piece of music at the uh, start there, the hair was standing up on the back of my neck just to hear fans singing in the ground again was so good to hear and uh oh i just you know we've missed the fans so much this season but especially for sporting it's been such an incredible season to not have the fans in the stadium has been so sad but just just listening to that there just oh got shivers down my spine it's brilliant it's great to hear yeah and and uh, uh um an interview just yesterday came out paul Engel. Uh, sporting, sporting striker. He feels the same way, Con. So I think you and mm. Pauline have a lot in common. I think top strikers, you probably can score more goals than him this season if you were at Sporting. <laughs> <laughs> My silky right foot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, um, I trawled around several uh, off licenses in Dublin today looking for a super buck so that I could uh, raise it last to sporting and the wonderful season you've had. I couldn't find super buck, so I hope a, a gin and tonic will have to do, but congratulations to sporting. Parabens <laughs> on a brilliant, brilliant season. Perfect. Honestly, so long as it's not a sage, we're good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get one of them either, even though I was looking for it. <laughs> But um, yeah, no, it's great to be with you guys. And and again, congratulations on a mind blowing season. Really, it's been it's been great for you guys. I'm sure. Thanks, thanks. Um, yeah, uh, Christian, Sam, how are you guys? Sam, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I'm still rocking the the shirt. I've got this one in the background for obvious reasons tonight. Um, <laughs> still one one as, as as I double check. But yeah, uh, good, grateful to have come back. And I was going to mention this later, but. The only one out of me and Christian, it was Con who predicted Sporting to win the league. I think I said Benfica. I'm not sure about I'm not sure about Christian, but Con said if, if we won the league, he'd be back. And here we are. I knew it was going to happen. I just wish I'd put a bet on. That's the only thing. <laughs> same here. <laughs> the, same the here. Odds were, the odds were good. I mean, good for the, the better, you know? It was like, yeah. like 3% chance or something like that. Mm-hmm. We, we could have all been having this... Uh, podcast on a, a yacht in Monte Carlo or something <laughs> if we put a bet on. <laughs> Maybe next season. Yeah. Yeah. I would just have to put my mortgage on it, but you know, yeah. like <laughs> if only I knew. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. All right, let's go. Uh we have a few Twitter questions. We'll we'll go straight to uh the Twitter questions here. Let me just bring them up. Um just uh just one here actually from uh, a good friend Lauren at Lauren you know. Um, she asks, who were your top three players for Sporting and for Liga Naj as a season uh, as a whole this season? So take it away, Khan. Your top three Sporting mm. players and uh, top three Liga Naj players. Good question. Um, top three Sporting players. I'm going to go with uh, Sebastian Coates, who every time I looked at Sporting this season, he was such a commanding figure at the back. Um, brilliant captain with so many young players around him in the team as well um scored some vital goals throughout the campaign um i think he was just brilliant uh for sporting this season so Coate is definitely one um i suppose you've got to go with uh, 
Pedro Gonçalves as well. Uh, 23 goals isn't a bad return. Uh, in the international squad now, I mean, to get the hat-trick on the final day to to win the top goal score, you know, great character. Um, and the third one is a really hard one because there's so many players who had good seasons. You know, Pedro Porro was magnificent, I thought. Uh, Nuno Mendes, obviously, again, his performances have been so eye-catching. He's uh, in the international squad now as well. Um, so both of those would be worthy candidates. Adan, I thought, had a good season um, in goal. But I think the third player would have to be João Palinha. Um, I just I wasn't that sure when he came uh, to Sporting that he'd have the impact that he had. Um, but I think he's been brilliant. So I think they'd be my three. Coates... Um, put. I used to call him Pote, but you call him Pot, yeah. And yeah. Joe Palinia. They'd be my three for for Sporting in the league overall. If I was to pick three other players who kind of caught my eye this season, um, one is uh, Mario Gonzalez of Tondela. I think he scored fifteen or sixteen goals with Tondela. Probably the difference between them staying up and maybe going down. And I think. I know he's on loan from Villarreal, so he's probably going to go back to Spain now. Villarreal suddenly realised that they have a, a real talent on their, their books, but he's somebody that I think um, Sporting maybe should be having a look at because he knows how to score goals. I mean, 15 in a in a bang average team is a great return. Uh, Ryan Gold, uh, um, how he's not in the Scotland squad for the Euros, just beggar's belief I think um, and he was so good throughout uh, like he was playing in a team that were struggling and yet you know he was scoring goals from midfield man of the match I think nine or ten times throughout the season he was excellent and I'm sure there's a lot of um, teams are having a look at him with a potential uh, move in the close season I think the third one I'd pr- probably go for is Beto just um, again for his goals he's a He's the sort of striker that if I was a defender, I don't think I'd like to play against him. You know, he's awkward to play against. He's quick. He's tall. He's again. He scored. I think was was it eleven goals this season. Um, so they'd be three who kind of stood out for me, sort of non-sporting players. You'll notice, guys, that I didn't pick one player from Porto or Benfica there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're my good books. <laughs> I'm playing to the crowd. Was there anyone from Porto or Benfica that that particularly stood out to you this season? Just just an, an analysis of this of those two rivals aside. Yeah, just briefly, I'd say um, for for Porto, Pepe. Just you know the fact that he's still going a, a bit like Coates, you know, but but five years older, six years older. I mean, to, the the fact that he's still doing it at 38, 39 years of age, um, in a Difficult, like it's not like he's a goalkeeper, you know, in center half and and still doing it at the highest level. Like even in the games against Juve in Europe, he was brilliant. Um, so I thought he was really again a great dominant figure for them. Um, Sergio Oliveira with his goals, um, albeit a lot of them were from the penalty spot, but no, he was good and very creative player as well. Uh, and Taremi made an, an impact, you know. I mean, he, he there was a lot of pressure on Taremi. I think when he came to to Porto. Um, and he delivered, um, so he was he was good. Those three would probably stand out for uh, Porto for me, and for Benfica. You know, it's been a really disappointing season for Benfica. Um, I was talking to somebody else earlier on today, and I was saying that I think the loss of Andre Almeida for them early on in the campaign 
losing him uh, was a big loss for them. I think he's a you know a dominant figure for them at, at the back, um, and they missed him. So I think for Benfica, probably the good news is that Vertonghen uh, looks very solid. Um, Otamendi settled down after a couple of wobbly matches at the beginning. And I think Verissimo has been a really good signing for him. I think he's going to blossom. I and mean, the fact that he's been picked for the Brazil squad now on the basis of his performances with Benfica is, is good. They, I mean, they they have issues, though. You know, they have a lot of players that are kind of getting to the age where maybe they're just going over the hill a little bit. Um, and I think there's going to be a pretty big revamp in, in Benfica, certainly midfield. Uh, for for next season, I mean, you got to say Seferovic with his twenty two goals that was a great return. You know, early on in the campaign, he wasn't starting every game; he was coming off the bench for the last twenty minutes or what have you. Um, and I think Darwin Nunes I, I, next season is a really big one for him because again, he came with such a big price tag that there was high expectation on him. And you saw a couple of times this season when he scored, he got really emotional because I think he was feeling the the pressure that he was under uh, to deliver. And although he didn't score that many goals, he did, you know, contribute a lot of assists and stuff. But I think next season is going to be a really big one uh, for him, assuming, you know, he gets his game and he gets picked. Yeah, no, a, a thousand percent agree. I mean, especially on that Andre Almeida point. I mean, they, they were playing Diogo Gonzalez, who's been mainly a winger at that place. Yeah. Uh, Nuno Tavares hasn't really impressed me, at least. Um, yeah. And yeah. 100 nothing Gilberto uh, came in as well at, yeah. at right back for Almeida initially and kind of didn't establish himself in the team after a few games he was out and Diogo Gonzalez came in and um, exactly. I don't think Gilberto going forward had half the impact that Andre Almeida had uh, when he was there uh, so uh, yeah no he was a big a big loss all right uh, interesting that they had that change of goalkeeper mid-season as well they obviously lost faith in Blackademos a bit, but Helton when he came in was very good. In fairness to him, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, they do need to revamp that squad. Nothing, uh, another hundred million dollar uh, euro investment <laughs> will fix, right? <laughs> got a drop in the ocean. Drop in the ocean. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it with the Twitter questions. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, let's uh, Sam. I'll, I'll kick it off to you if you want to give. Uh, a little quick recap of the league. Yeah, I was just going to say, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Com was the only one to correctly predict Sporting winning the league. Even the Sporting fans, me and Christian, didn't have a lot of faith. Um, was there any point in the season you thought that we might struggle? I know we had a, a few draws in a row and a few bad performances, such against Rio Ave, is one that comes to memory. Did you ever think that we weren't going to do it? I didn't. No, I really didn't. I mean, there was a point about maybe seven, six, seven games from the end of the season where maybe the gap was down to six or seven points. And you kind of thought maybe if if you start to um, drop a few silly points, you could find, you know, they were they were getting within kind of touching distance a bit. But I never really thought that they were um, going to be caught. Um, I suppose when you're a sporting fan, it's just, you, you're very nervous, you know, that after such a long wait that they're going to blow it. But I, I just, I didn't see it happening uh, unless they had catastrophic injury issues or something, which they kind of managed to avoid um, the key players, especially. So I know in horse racing parlance, they, they, they would say it was a hands and heels victory, meaning that they never had to use the stick at all. It was just nice and comfortable, 
all the way. And I mean, losing the the that game to Benfica was a bit of a sickener. Um, you know, it would have been lovely to go through the the whole campaign undefeated, but in the greater scheme of things, you know, no real damage done. Yeah, I I, I agree from now. But when I was, I was back there, you know, we we're so used to Benfica and Porto always coming. Uh, above us and let's talk, say how it is they they have had better teams than us in the past and i think it's 15 16 when we were first for a lot of the the year and then ended up choking that but um mm. i just wanted to touch as well obviously uh, having listened to you on free sports and live school you, you do do your research and in terms of like the league in like internally the ruben amarim situation there's been uh constant salve getting suspended um sporting president Porto president Befik president etc from an outsider's perspective, what do you think needs to be done? And do you think it's it's sort of stopping stopping the league progressing in a way? Do you know something? I don't really think a lot has to be done. Um, I quite like that little bit of edge between teams. And, uh, you know, okay, it's probably not great that the, the president of one club is, is saying something bad about the president of another club and it's leading to suspensions and stuff. I used to have... Um, and, you know, managers getting sent off um, on a fairly regular basis uh, throughout the campaign is not a great look, but it, it kind of also uh, shows how passionate they are about the whole thing. And I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Conceição got sent off as, as often as uh, Ruben Amarim did this season, um, and they weren't the only ones by any means. Um, and I don't know, was it you, Sam, or somebody made the point before that in the empty stadiums nowadays, um, what the coaches and the managers are saying and, and the substitutes, indeed, in the dugout during the game to the likes of the fourth official or the linesman is much more audible now because there's no uh, crowd noise in the stadium. And that's why we're seeing so many red cards this season for, for coaches and so on. Um, I mean, I remember Pepe got sent off in the same game as uh, Ruben Amarim at one point. Um, so maybe that's an issue. But I, I, I actually don't believe that it's a big problem or that there's a, a sort of a negative view of the league on the basis of, you know, managers getting into trouble, disciplinary issues, or indeed, you know, club officials. I think that's kind of part of the part of the fun of it is that they're prepared to have a bit of a pop off each other and and their passion comes to the the surface and you know for me that's no big deal although i think uh, the likes of ruben amarim does probably need to just chill out a tiny bit on the sidelines and and maybe try and calm him i mean i think he's actually said himself that he needs to try and sort of uh, be a bit calmer um in stressful situations because you know it, it's uh, suspensions are not good um, but having said that, I think, you know, uh, I, I quite like the little bit of edge on the sidelines as well. Yeah, definitely. The last question I had for now is uh, there's been a debate on this podcast and we're sort of split on the case of Tiago Tomas versus Paulinho or Tiago Tomas in general. Mm. Do you think Tiago Tomas uh, this season performed good, performed well? And do you see a bright future for him? And do you think he might, would need a loan or to stay? I would, would be interested to hear your opinions. Yeah, I. funnily enough, I made a list of my sporting players, you know, the ones who kind of had a really good season, the ones who had a, a kind of a middling season, and the ones who disappointed. And I've only got two players in the column for the, the ones who 
disappointed. Uh, and Tiago Tomas is is one of those two, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, the other is Matthias Rice or Rees. Um, I don't yeah. think he looked that solid when he came into the team. You know, uh, no, I don't think I, he added. I hated um, every minute that he was on. Did the you? Field. Yeah, I'm not yeah. Lie. <laughs> yeah. That's that's <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I think Tiago Tomas. I mean, three goals is not good enough in a team that's you know uh, winning the yeah. league. Uh, now, admittedly. You know, probably half of his appearances were were substitute appearances, but um, I, I think a loan move for him would be good. I mean, when you look at what some of the other strikers were doing in the league, like I mentioned, uh, Mario Gonzalez earlier on with his fifteen goals for Tondela. If he's scoring fifteen for Tondela, he's mm-hmm. going to score twenty plus for Sporting. You'd imagine, um, and likewise, Beto, I think, you know, would probably score 15 or 16 goals for Sporting in a season. So, Thiago Tomas, I think he'd benefit from a move, a loan move to somebody. Um, I mean, we saw Pedro Marquez this season doing pretty well uh, on loan. You know, his five goals, um, and he seemed to be playing well and he was getting lots of game time. And I think he's going to, he's benefited from that move. So, somebody like Thiago Tomas going to a, Passos de Ferreira or whoever it might be um, might be the worst thing for him because he's not going to get a lot of game time at Sporting um, with the form he's showing at the moment in front of goal. I'm very glad someone finally agrees with me. It's, take, it's taken many guests and many people. I've got one person to agree. <laughs> and I, I mean, I don't mean to knock him because he's it, it, like he's obviously a talented player. I mean, you don't get to where he's got without having something. Um, and uh, you know, he's 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 definitely got something, but he's very young, he's very raw. And you know, if you're talking about going into the group stages of the Champions League next season and being really competitive, I don't think he's the man who'll be playing up front for you. I think he's got to go out and and you know, hone his trade, if you like. And and that's probably at a place like Gilles Vicente or. Bellinenses or somewhere like that, you know. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Uh, I'll pass back to Danny if if he has any questions. Yeah, for sure. Let me let me pass it right to, to Steph though. Steph, thanks for joining us. Of course. Uh, go ahead, man. Uh, season recap and any questions for Khan. Okay, thank you for putting me on the spot. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I mean uh, we just um, a, a little bit off topic. We just clinched the uh, the final of the rink hockey team, so uh, our sporting just won against uh, uh, Barcelos. You guys do know I'm a big uh, modalities fan. Uh, I don't follow only football. So we just clinched that, which to me was a big deal. Uh, so congratulations to uh, our hockey team. Uh, besides the, the season of sporting, uh, we got a title after 19 years. What else can, can we want? You know, I mean, that's... Uh, it's 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 a phenomenal achievement, and uh, we have to give all the credit to Verandas, Ugviena, and Ruben Amorim. I watched the uh, the backstage uh, video. I don't know if you guys had the chance to to watch it. I think it was like twenty minutes long. So if you go to YouTube and Google it, you'll be able to see it. It was phenomenal. And then I, I watched the one from Sik um, Notices and Verandas. Uh, I think that was a little bit longer like 28 minutes and that was interesting too and i think he was right on point up to the point uh with the uh, attacks to our shit the attack on uh, our academy uh i think it was like two years ago 
uh, which, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but I do have a, a question for Mr. Murphy. Um, so as you, and as an outsider that follows the Portuguese league quite a lot, which, which I'm, I'm very impressed by the way, I, I think you're an excellent commentator. Um, what do you think about the, um, um, the junction getting together between the Portuguese refereeing department and the French uh, refereeing department. Do you think that will solve our problems or it's just going to be more of the same? That's an interesting question. I did, actually didn't, I wasn't aware that it, it, they, yeah. they've, so you're going to have some French referees on yes. games in Portugal and, and vice yeah, versa. That, they, they've agreed to do like a little referee exchange. I'm not okay, sure how many yeah. games or to what extent, but yes, there is some sort of agreement for next season. Yeah. I think that's maybe not a bad thing in a way um, because sometimes I wonder if there's a bit of um, familiarity between uh, referees and certain players and if they have their mind made up uh, almost in advance uh, about certain players and the way they play. Um, in an overall context, I think we may have um, spoken the last time about refereeing in Portugal and, and I was saying that overall I think it's not too bad and of course within about three weeks of saying that the last time uh, there were some absolute horror decisions made in certain matches. And, and I kind of thought, Oh Jesus, you know, they, they aren't that great actually off after all. Um, but I think it's not a bad idea. Like in, in Ireland, I know we've done that sometimes with um, referees from Wales, for example, who'd come across and do matches here and, and vice versa. Um, for the referees themselves, it's actually probably pretty good to be, doing matches in a slightly different uh, sort of context. So from their point of view, maybe they're getting extra experience and maybe that's not a bad thing. And also that issue of, I don't know whether you agree that there are might be certain referees who, you know, just they always seem to book a certain player because they just think he's a hard man or whatever it might be. And, and maybe if you have a French referee who's just coming in and it's, it's almost like a European match where the referee wouldn't be that familiar with the the ins and outs of all the players. Maybe that's not a bad thing. It's worth a try anyway, I would have thought. I don't know what you think. I, I think the same way. I think uh, uh, I'll go along those lines that you just uh, stated. Uh, the French referee not knowing the, the players, the Portuguese players, will be a plus, definitely. Mm. Um, the second question I have for you, um, so do you think uh, Ruben Amorim not having uh, his full credentials made any difference? Or uh, was it like a... Uh, a slap on the face of uh, the Portuguese Association of Coaches. Yeah, I I, I wondered about that um, initially. Is it, I I wasn't sure if he was being sent off for uh, being verbal in a situation where he wasn't meant to be in that area. I, I, if you like, to be fair, I think a couple times at first that's what it was, but by the end. Yeah. I don't. I think it was just he was For just getting what, what he was just, saying. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he has all his badges now, and he's he's well now. Of, well, in in Liga Nos he does, but now they're saying for UEFA next season he doesn't have them. So it's going to be right. the same thing again in the Champions League next well, year, unless he gets it sorted in the next couple of months. He's going to start the preseason yeah. 2021-22 with level four. He's got yeah. games under his belt. But like Chris said, now the, the problem is with the Champions League. 
Yeah, well, that's really interesting because we had a situation here in Ireland where um, Dundalk were in the group stage of the Europa League and the Dundalk manager didn't have the uh, UEFA Pro licence, but one of his coaches did. So uh, in the team listings on UEFA and stuff, the, the, the his assistant was listed as the manager because he had the requisite um, badges. And the manager... Um, had to actually sit behind the dugout for a couple of games. And the club were fined €50,000 actually because he was um, deemed to have entered into the um, the, the the area around the, the dugout. Um, so it got quite messy and it was awkward. And I, I'd be a bit worried actually um, if that was the situation for Amarim, if he isn't able to, you know, be in the uh, in the dugout for the games in the Champions League unless he can get those badges in the meantime or I, I, if he's on the course is that sufficient to keep UEFA happy I'm not sure yeah, yeah me neither and uh, one last question I have for you is uh, are you a Sportingista by now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a good question isn't it well it's dark behind me now, but I actually do have a green and white hooped jersey on the wall behind me. Um, it's Shamrock Rovers. But uh, yeah, do you know what it is? I've I've loved the journey that the club have been on this season. I've loved the fact that, you know, Ruben Amarim came in and was prepared to give all these young kids a chance. And they took it. You know, the likes of um, Nuno Mendes and... Uh, the other, even Thiago Tomas, you know, all teenagers. Um, I know Quaresma didn't see much game time this season, but uh, I mean, Pedro Porro was young. He's only 20, 21. Um, and, 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 you know, that mix of youth and experience was great to see. And quite often when I'm going in to do a sporting match, um, I'll stick Spotify on in the car and I put on the uh, sporting songs. And I whack it up, you know, turn it up to 10 and on my way in. And it really gets you, like I was saying, uh, Danny, about the music at the beginning here tonight. When you hear the songs and stuff and you just, it, it gets you in the humor for the match, you know. And that's one thing Sporting do really well, especially when the crowd are in the stadium. Uh, the build up to the game, you know, that sort of 15 or 20 minutes before kickoff. I, I get a tingle down my spine every time. And I love those songs and I love the... Um, the anthem when the team come out um, and the um, the uh, Frank Sinatra song there, Mental Block, or what is it, uh, My Way. Um, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. So, you know, like, see, I'm not allowed to say that I'm a sportingista, <laughs> but I, uh, I would say that I was absolutely really chuffed that they won the league this year. Uh, I think I think it's really good for Portuguese football. You know, you don't want it to be Porto and Benfica every year. And now there is a, you know, a serious third team in town who could, you know, they're going to get a lot of money now from the Champions League and stuff. So if it's spent wisely and if they can hang on to Ruben Amarim and if they can hang on to their best players, and this is a big question, I suppose, for you guys. I mean, can they ha- hold on to the likes? I know Nuno Mendes has been linked with three or four different teams in England um, and Pedro Gonzalez, with all his goals, is going to be hot property as well. Can you keep them? And if you can, you know, you have the basis there of a really, really good team. Yeah. yeah on that, uh, the one thing that I think Sporting has re- good 
really going for us is that most of our core players are like in in their like at least reaching 30s minus the pot and the Nunu men's but like the Quach, who I think is irreplaceable in this team, mm. um, you know, he's hitting the 30s. It's just Palinga that I'm worried about because he is hitting that that stage of his career where he starts hitting his prime. And then, you know, if, if an English team or a Spanish team is really serious about Palinga and he's, then they're willing to pay, I don't see how Spartan says no to that. Um, but aside he from that, He was in like, Ricardo today. It was the cover of Ricardo yeah. today. Sporting asking for $40 million. Yeah, I mean, important. if I'm an English club uh, or a Spanish club I or whatever, that. like I think that that's that's a that's worth yeah. it. It'll Absolutely, be, I he'll, agree. He'll be a good a good fit for any English team. He'll play so well in the Premier League. Mm. Yeah, the Premier League, the referees, they allow players. To oh play. yeah, yeah. He'll fit like a glove. Uh, if I if I was playing, I would go to the Premier League uh, rather than the Spanish league. Yeah. But can I ask you a question, though, Steph? Yeah, um, you know, he's come to Sporting under Amarim, obviously played for him at Braga, so they have a good relationship. They have the group stage of the Champions League to look forward to, a title to defend. Does he not at least stay for another year or two rather than go to Wolves, for example? Um, you know, he's, there's a lot living in Lisbon is a lovely place to live as well. You know, I mean, there are life choices to make here as well, but I know money talks, but um, I just wonder, you know, having been part of the project to win the league, to suddenly go off because Wolves are offering 40 million. I'd be disappointed if he did that, you know? I I, I agree with you. The the thing is, um, like Danny was saying, he's pushing 26, 27. Uh, Padilla, mm, and then yeah. uh, the problem is if we if he has an English team, not the Wolves. I was not impressed with the Wolves because uh, I I don't think Moonspeed Sent did a great job uh, after you spent that amount of money and you finished. What is it? What was the seventh, eighth, ninth, and in the Premier League? Twelve this year. Was, this year Twelve. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was pretty bad this year. I was not impressed, and maybe that's why he was fired. Um, but. Uh, it doesn't speak volumes about the Portuguese players that played in the Wolves, actually. If I was from Nensense, I wouldn't have called not even one player from the Wolves. Uh, so a team that finished in 12th place, I wouldn't call one player for the national team. Uh, but without saying, the Wolves will go with a different dynamic with uh, whatever coach they get. And I, Bruno Lage. <laughs> I could see the vast majority. You think so? I've hey. seen his name linked to the job. Yeah. on favor as far as I'm aware. If it's Bruton Lage, you'll keep the Portuguese player. Yeah. <laughs> if it's a British coach or Scottish coach, I could see half of those players going elsewhere. I, I, yeah. I heard uh, Ruben Neves, uh, Wolves wants to sell him. He's on the fence either way. Same with Moutinho. He's getting up there in age. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that they have to make mm. decisions on. Patricio as well. Mm-hmm. But coming back to Pellini, I think he will accept an offer from uh, from England because I think it's Sporting makes six fifty, six hundred six hundred fifty thousand euros a year, and then if it does a club that pays him three million, it's a no brainer. He will go for it, and I totally understand. I wouldn't, uh, me as a Sporting geese, I would take it personal because uh, he's getting older, and then that might be one of his last contract to make a good amount of money before he retires. Not everyone is ever now, though. They will stay until 37, 40 years old because that's his plan to play until he's 40 years old and he makes only 31 million a year with Juventus. Uh, you know, 
So not everyone is Ronaldo. Some, some players will retire at 30, 32 to the max. Uh, and Padina, if he cashes in, I, I will totally understand because he will leave on a high note. But, of course, I would prefer him to stay. No thoughts about that because we're going to be in the Champions League. Who knows also? I think the wild card is uh, the Euro as well. I mean, if he starts with Portugal, he, Portugal get out of the group. He's anchoring the team, putting in great performances. He would have, if they get out of the group and he's starting. I mean, they're, he's going to have put in good performances because they're playing great teams. I mean, yeah. it, it, it could be. I think it could get to a situation where Sporting has no choice. You know, if if Real Madrid or Chelsea, or, it, yeah, Wolves, they can maybe resist. But once the top four come knocking, I they can't resist that. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. If it's a Liverpool or. Liverpool is selling a lot of players, from what I understand. There's a lot of movement going on. So they're, like, kind of rebuilding their team. So if it's a Liverpool or Manchester United, Manchester City, it's hard to say no. Yeah. And then if yeah, they it, 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 hey, the money, I mean, sporting, we have to sell players. We in bad shape. Financially, we need to sell players. So if they pay $40 million for Pelina, he's gone. Mm. He'd be a good fit for a Liverpool, somebody like that, yeah. Um, yeah, big big hole to fill though for uh, Sporting if he did go. You know, likewise Nuno Mendes. I mean, if they get their 70, 80 million for him from Man City or whoever it is, again, it's a it's another position where you he's hard to replace in a way. Yeah, I mean, we I think the perspective is uh, Vinagre from Famalicão. Which is he was from the. I was going to ask what you thought about him, Khan, because I'm sure you 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 called a couple of family mm. games. What did you What did you make of Vinag? Good, yeah, pretty good. Um, I I, and I mean, he does love to get forward and a la Nuno Mendes, but I don't think he'd be in the same category as Nuno Mendes. I mean, the one. Okay, I'm going to throw one at you here now, and you you can tell me I'm mad. Alex Tellers went to Manchester United, and he's got splinters in his ass from sitting on the bench for most of the season um is there any chance that he might come back to portugal and is there any chance that he might come back to sporting rather than porto i feel like the wages would be too high for him at the moment unless it's like a loan like involved in like say the nuna mendes swap where man united pay a portion of the loan but for me, I, I don't see that one i don't know if you guys remember but a couple months back there was an an alex tells rumor uh, I believe it was a loan as a part of what deal was it? Was it was it a Nuno Mendes? Nuno Mendes. Was it a potential Nuno mm-hmm. Mendes deal? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he'd be a good hold-in, but yeah, the the problem is it's only a, it's only a, it's only a stand-in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he would be he would he would be a good stand-in certainly. I think he could play at that level, Champions League next season. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's at that level. And the other left back uh, is. Uh, what's his name? Abdu Conte is it from Morenz? Alex tells us no. taking a penalty kick, right? Red I was just about to say it too. <laughs> he's finally oh, he's getting his scored. splinters off the ass. <laughs> he scored it. He scored it. Oh, he scored it. I'm a little behind. <laughs> That's <laughs> hilarious. That's a clutch PK. He's, he's split, splintering is in his ass, and he's taking a PK in the Europa League <laughs> final. <laughs> Alex tells. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Abdu Conte, um, former Sporting. Where was he? I think he was made the bench once and didn't Mor- play at all. Who, Mor- Mor- Abdu Conte was at Morenes. 
yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it was a Sporting B as well. He played um, yeah. a bit for them. I feel yeah, like yeah, he would be one of those. Under 17. Yeah, he played he's... the whole youth at Sporting, yep. And he, he currently mm. got called up to the U21 team for Portugal with uh, Trincão and um, somebody else getting COVID and not playing. Um, Gary Crea. So it's it's a good shout, to be fair. Mm. I always liked mm. him. Yeah. I, I didn't know I, I didn't yeah. know the under 21 was only one game against Italy on the 31st, and then they clinched yeah, up. Yeah, the, the semifinal right away. Yeah. Right, they already group. they already played the group. That's what they did. Were doing. Uh, over like uh the winter like march ish they played the group stage yeah yeah i was surprised that the Inastri didn't get didn't get called for the under 21. what do you think about that uh murphy uh Inacio, he played most of the games at sporting and then uh Rui George from uh, the national coach of under 21 uh didn't call him what's the explanation about that um, I, I, I'm trying to think who's been picked ahead of him because um, he's, you know, he, he did very well when he came in. Um, oh, look, Diogo Late from Porto, right? Um, who's who's good? Yeah, Late. The other, another Porto center back, right? Yeah. Or no? Was it Diego Quiros from Familia Cal? Um, oh yeah, yeah. Because they, yeah. they yeah, him and Late have played together since they've been eight years old, I think. So they've come up from really? Porto under 19s B team. They've come up all the way, and I think Quiros got released and plays for Familia Cal now. But by all accounts, hasn't had a terrible season. Yeah, um, I thought uh, Inacio did well um, because initially that three of uh, Luis Neto, Coates, and Fidal for me that they, they were just like fantastic and i was a bit surprised when neto couldn't get back into the team after he was out i think he got injured or something and and gonzalo mm. nacio came in and did really well um he he hasn't he didn't catch my eye the same way as say uh, militao when he was playing with porto i remember looking at him and thinking jesus he's really brilliant and and uh, ruben diaz as well when he came in at, at um, benfica um but He's solid, you know, and he's still only 19, I think, is he, Inacio? So, I mean, he could still be playing yeah. under 21 in two years' time. So he's got a bit of um, time in hand. But again, it's just it's another example of, of uh, Amorim giving young players a chance and them coming in and doing really well. And, uh, you know... Um, everyone is watching the game. <laughs> I could see everyone kind of going to the left watching the game. I'm definitely guilty of that. <laughs> it, it's it's a great game, yeah. This will be great for Villarreal if they if they can um, yeah. beat Manchester United. Uh, then Mario Gonzalez mightn't get back into the team in Villarreal, and he might actually be available for somebody. Well, I hope uh, I hope I'm you wins it uh, because we would clinch it now. A, uh, a a higher spot in the uh, UEFA ranking and we'll make more money. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <good> point. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking Sporting only. It also helps out Befica too. I think Befica goes to instead of uh, the playoff, they'll go to a third round qualifying or something like that. Oh and, wait, wait, who, 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 does they, who is Befica looking to win? Uh, Manu. Manu, okay. Because Manu's already qualified to the Champions League regardless, right? I think oh, yeah, because they're finished top four, yeah. 
Yeah. So it would be catapulting a team and taking a, a spot from someone wow. else, I see. Exactly. That's what exactly. happened with uh, Lyon or France. They, uh, they didn't make the Champions League, so we mm -hmm. benefit from that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I was doing commentary on a, a, a game in this tournament at the very beginning. Shamrock Rovers were playing a team from um, Finland, I think, and it went to a penalty shootout. And Shamrock Rovers won 12-11 in the penalty shootout. Nobody missed a penalty until the uh, the twelfth kick by the Finnish team. Yeah, that sounds like Riwab AC Milan. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, it was it was the same yeah. round I think actually. Yeah, speaking of Riwab, currently losing one nil yeah. to Arocca. So they're losing one nil. Oh, are they? Yeah, uh, Pite. Is that how you say his name? Scored for Arocca. And now Riwab is playing against Arocca to stay in the first league. Exactly. I was looking I at our local today, by the way. They have a centre half who scored seven goals this season. And he might be worth keeping an eye on. Interesting. I was wondering what you thought of the relegation race, Kanye. Do you think Ferenc, the teams that went down, Ferenc and, and Nacional, well earned? Or did you think Ferenc was hard done and, and maybe, you know, Bovista or someone else deserved yeah, to go down? No, I, I think it was probably fair in the end. I mean, Ferenc would have been dead and buried if it wasn't for Ryan Gold and all the goals he was scoring throughout the... I mean, he kept them kind of in with a fighting chance, but um, Nacional, Jesus, they had that terrible run where they lost like 10 games in a row or something. If you're going to lose 10 games in a row, you're not staying up. And I always... I kind of... I like the teams from the islands. I In a way, I'd like Nacional to have stayed up, but... Um, for a minute there, no, it looked like Nacional and Maritimo both could go down and it yeah. would have been yeah. like a Amadeus yeah. first mm -hmm. league all of a sudden. Uh, but that didn't exactly. end up happening. <laughs> um, but, Do you have any yeah. Yeah, Portuguese blood in you? No, none at all. Uh, no. You're very well versed on uh, the islands and the, the continent of Portugal. I'm very <laughs> impressed. <laughs> well, you see, I I, uh, I go to Tenerife a lot, and we fly past Madeira on the way down. You know, it's over on the right hand side when we pass by. But uh, no, I love. I mean, I love Portugal. I love Lisbon. Great city. I mean, Jesus, I love it. And uh, you know, this was—I think this was our third season doing the um, the Liga Nosh. So as it's gone on, I've just grown to like it even more. Um, and now, when the Portuguese teams are playing in Europe and stuff, I—I I would be—it's almost like an Irish team playing in Europe. You know, I want them to, whether it's Benfica, Porto, whoever it is, I want them to do well. You know, so I've kind of taken Portugal to my heart. Nice, nice. So I'm going to ask you a tough question. What's the difference between uh, the Portuguese League and the Premier League? There's well, a lot of differences. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you one answer. I'll give you a diplomatic answer first, and that is that I've been doing um, Polish League commentaries this season as well as Portuguese, and the difference in quality between the games in Portugal and the games in Poland is immense um the portuguese is just so much better really really uh, technically and just the, the quality of the goals that you know if you take out the top two or three teams in poland the standard is very very average uh, in terms of comparing it with the english premier league um i'm going to ask you a question Santa Clara, who finished sixth in the Liga Nosh this season, would they stay up in the Premier League, do you think? I don't think they'd have a chance, to be honest. Yeah, me yeah, either. It'd be, it'd be tough. It'd be tough. 
So they finished six. Abu Cardoso uh, is a crazy center back. I think he can play with. Uh, I, I think he can fit into any Premier League team at least. Maybe not like the top yeah. six or top eight. Yeah. But I mean the bottom ones for sure. I think I think what we have is we have good players. We just don't have great right. teams that will be able to strengthen not after the top squad five. wise. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's uh, that was my point. I was going to say I think Sporting Porto, Benfica, Braga uh, would all hold their own, um, but. After that, I think the the others would all struggle. So in terms of strength and depth, you know, the Premier League, that's where the money is. Um, but, you know, having said that, I think I still think the Portuguese League is a great league. And, and, and there are teams like who will take points off the top teams, whether it's a Gilles Bichent or, you know, Portimonense, whatever it might be. There's no game or very, very few games anyway, I feel, where you go in and you say, okay, I know Benfica are going to win that or I know Sporting are going to win that. Um, so there's a, there is a competitive element. But in terms of the strength and depth of the um, the league, nowhere near uh, the Prem. Uh, it, I, actually, it would be interesting to know even how Santa Clara would do in the I, championship. I've been thinking about the- that now for like a minute and a half straight. Like... <laughs> How would Santa Clara fare in a head-to-head against the West Bromwich Albion team of this year, who were like, I guess, one of the better teams that went down, mm. or like who are closer to staying, or Fulham, or the Fulham yeah. team, or Fulham, yeah, the, the Scott Parker like kind of <laughs> shitty Fulham yeah. team. Which I, I don't know. I I don't know if they would necessarily. Are they that much worse than Scott Parker's Fulham? That was. From no, I think season? they'd be competitive. Against the Fulham, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. not against a Manchester City or Liverpool. Yeah, but is it against enough, the Fulham? They'd have a chance. Up. I think. Is the experiment is it enough to stay up though? Yeah, yeah, it's tough. That's a that's a. Yeah, I, I would love to know the answer to that. To be honest, maybe if they don't let the uh, who's the guy that the biggest striker that they let go in January to go to Japan. Um, Santana, um, was it? Yeah, 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 maybe maybe you know they keep him. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think it's probably, it ends up probably about the same, right? They, where they're like, you know, seven points off, you know. Well, we and might I get to course- see, I mean, it's, it's possible Santa Clara might play Tottenham, for example, in the Europa Conference yeah. League. Um, so that would be, yeah. a, you know, that would give us an yeah. idea. Massive stadium. I'm, I'm a Santa Clara supporter. <laughs> That's amazing. So I'm going to do a tougher question then. So, what, what do you think Sporting Befica and Porto would finish in the Premier League? Sporting this season with this squad, <laughs> I think they would be. I like that. I, I, I think Sporting would have had a really good season in the Premier League this season. I think they would have been um, top seven. Top easily. Six? Well, no, like when West I say Ham, easy, like, yeah, I think, yeah, you know, West Ham, yeah, they'd West be Ham in the, the, that West Ham territory, yeah, definitely. yeah. I mean, look at look at what um Porto did against Chelsea, like they were really competitive against Chelsea, beat them in the second leg. Um, Sporting finished five points clear of Porto, so yeah, I think that again, I, I almost kind of consider Manchester City just at a level above yeah. everybody really at the moment um but i think sporting against manchester united arsenal um yeah i i top 6 qualify for europe that's it but you're there anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah maybe they, maybe they slide in the top 4 i'd be great to know like 
Because, like, it, the way that the, the, the Portuguese league is, is set up, right, it's set up in such a way that it's like, uh, you know, the Porto, and you play Benfica Porto twice a year, and it's just, just, just tie those games. Both Everyone pretty much yeah. just agrees to, that those games will be a tie or whatever. And, I mean, like, it's about, about how you do in the other games. But, I mean, Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, like, you're, you're talking like 10, 12 games against top top competition it'd be it'd be it'd be a fun experiment to to, to know you know how would you fare um the depth of the squad would be would be would it be tested in a way that 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 it is not tested in the portuguese league yeah yeah i i just yeah a, i agree quick update villarreal just won De Gea got his penalty saved that is poetic that is, justice i guess that is yeah sorry bruno <laughs> at least now at least now i can yeah flip that at around least bruno, made his, bruno made his pk I'm, I'm pretty sure well i guess no really did anyone miss their pk until the end i need to hire mr yeah so yeah i guess at least now i can uh Ooh, 11 10 talk, can... yeah close to that shamrock rovers uh yeah, yeah. Just saying. yeah. <laughs> and now i can uh jump back onto uh yelling at united fans for wanting the ringo out i can <laughs> All aboard the Marino train again. <laughs> but, but you know, uh, I, I, that's, a, that's a great result for football. Football, uh, agree. You know, for a team like Villarreal to win a European trophy against a, a powerhouse like Manchester United, it it it's. It, I I'm just I'm really happy about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. Sticks one to the to the Glazers. It sticks one to the to the Super League as well. Spanish you know, teams in, in the Europa League, man. Like this, like the mm -hmm. the sixth. The fourth through sixth Spanish teams in the Europa League. Unstoppable. Yeah. Unai Emery with four Europa Leagues now, I think. Four or five. I believe. Yeah. Insane. Insane. It's sweet for him as well, having knocked Arsenal out in the exactly. semifinals. You know, it's, it's extra. Yes. After they fired. Yeah. 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 So uh, a quick, just to jump back a bit on the uh, last topic, I guess, before we go on to the Euros, uh, just to jump back on the relegation um, battle, um, how do you, how did you see, you know, this, this Riwaf team, you know, we, we went from, they, or they went from penalties against AC Milan, AC Milan, nearly missing out on Europa League to now one down to Roca, who, who might actually be in the second division. What, like, what went yeah. wrong, do you think? That's a really good question. I I, I don't know uh, the answer because I mean they were a kick of the ball away from knocking AC Milan out, um, and they should never have lost that match. I don't know what their problem was. I mean, obviously they they didn't score many goals. Um, you know, twenty five goals in thirty four matches is not good enough, um, and maybe their over reliance on sporting discards is not the way to go you know um, <laughs> uh, I, I just I don't know I mean they had enough experienced players there the likes of Geraldes we were talking about him earlier on um, Contrao came back um, I think goals was their problem in fact are they the lowest scoring team in the league by yeah Bellinense yeah, scored 25 like as well one, they only had 20 some odd goals yeah yeah 25 in 34 games is not good enough you know um so goals and yet when you look at the forward line that they had they had good players you know uh, Manny uh, Jelson um 
fellas who should have been scoring more. Um, so I don't know. I, do, I don't know. Have you a theory? I, I agree. Maybe just goals. You, yeah. and, and last question. Do you think they – I don't know how much of the second division you've watched uh, or how much of Oroca you've watched. But do you mm. think they – I mean, it's easy to say now because they're one nothing down, but do you think they turn this around? Do you think they stay up? I haven't seen Oroca at all, um, but I was just looking at their record earlier on today. They've, they won nine games in a row, last nine games of the season to finish third, and yeah. they drew the one before that. So they were unbeaten in their last 10 matches, and they won nine of them, which is a great form going into the playoffs. Um, and they have a centre-half, I've forgotten his name, he's a Brazilian guy who scored seven goals this season for them. So for a centre-half to score seven is pretty good. Um, I'd still, if I was putting money on, um, I still think I'd back Rio Ave to if it stays at one nil in this first leg. I think I'd back Rio Ave to uh, turn it around in the second leg. Um, but it's it's, it's going to be nervy for Rio. Rio Ave. I mean, they, Rio Ave is in the midst of a massive stadium renovation that they've yeah, been for years. That's right. I mean, they were in Europe earlier in the season. I, this. Uh, if you're like on the board or whatever, this was not in your wildest dreams. So I can't even imagine uh, what would happen to the club if they go down. I it, it could be really bad as far as like you know the books. You know? Yeah, then yeah, they're they're down on aggregate. Yeah, they're they're in a very 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 precarious situation if they go down. Aroka is is a very consistent like like Murphy just said. They they won nine games in a row, so the confidence is really high. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if Riwab gets knocked down to the second division, which to me they deserve it. Con, I have one one last one last sporting question before we before we move on. Um, I I've, I've had this theory that the, the the reason sporting was able to play the formation that they did this season and for it to be so successful was because of their outside back play. It was it's just consistently at such a high level and even if yeah. both weren't both weren't at a high level which they often were at least at least one of them is having an excellent game because there was some a stretch there where Pura was not so good or whatever but he was still good and then and I, there was probably a couple games where Nuno Mendes wasn't at his top of his mm, game which is yeah. understandable but there's just so much the vast majority of the games I mean one or both are, are having a great game especially when they move to a situation where they have two strikers and they they're 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 abandoning a, a winger to have like a, a more traditional striker and an extra midfielder. Um, I, I feel like the 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 wing backs basically covering two positions was such an important factor for them. If Sporting were to lose, most likely they're going to be losing Nuno Mendes. But I mean, I would not be shocked if they end up at the end of the day losing Pedro Porro as well. Mm. Um, like, do you think that the formation is still tenable? Because I mean. I think we already know the answer. Matthias Reis is not any sort of replacement for, for no. Nuno Mendes. And maybe they get Vinag, and he obviously has potential and he's good, but maybe he's not a shoe-in replacement for Nuno Mendes. Is this formation with three center backs and the two wing backs uh, uh, feasible uh, with, with new players that, that, are, that, that aren't Poro and Mendes? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it's the way Amarim seems to want to play, and it's proved very successful. Um, the other one I was looking at for maybe a potential replacement for Nuno Mendes is um, Mangas from Boa Vista. Yeah, I Again, like, I like another him, yeah. He likes to get forward, scores a few goals, um, good defender, 
maybe wouldn't be quite as exciting as Nuno Mendes going forward, but but a good solid player nevertheless. Um, so maybe he could fit into that role, left wing back. Um, on the right hand side, uh, Reggie Cannon does he is he good enough to replace Pedro Porro? I don't know. It's a I mean he's a hard player to replace if he does go. Um, I mean, you could be looking abroad, maybe as well. I mean, there is a left wing back playing for Legia, uh, or um, yeah, Legia Warsaw. Um, Filip Mladenovic is his name. He's a Cro- uh, Croatian international and big, tall left wing back. Loves to bomb forward. Delivers a great cross in. Really good striker of the ball. Scores a few goals. Tall guy. He'd be worth having a look at. Um, I don't know if you talk regularly with Ruben Amorim, but if you do, you can tell him that I said Filip Mladenovic uh, <laughs> is somebody that maybe they might have a look at if if they needed to replace a left wing back because that's that's his position and he's you know an international. He's a really good player. Um, the right hand side though, I think could be a I can't like there's nobody screaming out at me as a. a Replacement for do you Pedro think Porra? that Carlos Menei can play that spot? Because the Portuguese press seems to think that Carlos Menei is an alternative to Pedro Porro if Asgayo doesn't work out. No, um, no, is I, I, like I, how do I, I don't understand this? He's not a defender, you know. And yeah, there, there is, it, de- it, even though you're playing right wing back, you still got to defend. Um, yeah, and so I don't and, understand and, the insistence to, to think that he's a right wing. I mean, that's just maybe that's just the papers, but uh. I mean, what do you even think of make of the rumor of Mane in the first place? Were you that impressed with him at Riuav this season to warrant bringing being brought back to Sporting after he was let go? I think he'd find it hard to get into the Sporting team at the moment. Uh, I, who do you leave out to to bring him in? Um, no, no. I mean, you just have to look at Riuav's goal tally this season. I mean, he's scored a couple of goals. He's done reasonably okay, but he's not... You know, we're now talking about a team who are going to be playing in the group phase of the Champions League. And so you need players of that quality. And I, I'm not sure if he's up there. Uh, I don't, I, mm, no. Um, I mean, they've tried Gonzalo Plata there a few times as well. And yeah. Yeah. again, he, he's not a defender, you know. So you're asking somebody to do a job that they're not really that suitable for. Um, as a filler inner for the last 10 minutes of a match, maybe okay, but for a season, wouldn't be for me, no. Um, so that's why I'm thinking Cannon, uh, you know, he's an international, he is a defender, he's quite quick, does like to get forward in a good team. Maybe he could be somebody they might be having a look at anyway, you know. Um, but I endorse any American uh, at sport. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great for you. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's cool. I'm cool with Reggie Cannon. <laughs> uh, what's the story with Poro anyway? What, what's the talk on the ground there? Uh, the, the talk on the ground is that he's on a two-year loan and Sporting does have an option to buy. Uh, but, and it seems like, it seems like, you know, that, that it's all good. But, you know, at the end of the day, there's just always the Man City like bully factor and it's like you hope sporting has all their bases covered as far as the paperwork goes to guarantee him for another season um but you know it, it, it it's tough it's tough and I, I think him not going to the euro uh due to the little knock he picked up in the in the second again the Benfica game is actually gonna 
is gonna in the end is gonna in the assure that he's back at sporting next season because yeah. if he goes to the euro uh it, it, the spain has one right back you know uh it's who knows who knows i think it'd be very tough you know I think I think and I think MC they trying to to use him as a bargaining chip to acquire to, to get to get new new men. Manage, so maybe yeah. so maybe we get we it helps us get Poro on, on a permanent deal. Uh, mm. But even if we do get Poro on a permanent deal, I think it's still for one more season, you know, and then we'll probably they sell it for hopefully triple profit. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Well, that that I mean that wouldn't be a bad deal for um for sporting because i mean he the one thing that strikes me when i look at him he's very he seems to be very passionate about the club like his celebrations yeah. of match victories obviously the celebration of the title he was living every moment of that he was loving it and um so he seems to have bought into the sporting ethos and he seems to love amarim and stuff so that could help as well that relationship with the manager you know if you look closely on, on how sporting put the the, uh, the team together um, I hate to say it this way, but that's the only way to say it. And uh, you guys will agree or disagree with me. It was a bunch of players that were rejected once upon a time. And then Ruben and Muri made them believers and said, you got the potential. I'm going to get you there. Believe in me because I believe in you. And then that's how we won the title. You look at Vincent, you look at uh, uh, Paulinho, which never won a championship with Braga, only a, a League Cup. You look at the, uh, the play uh, all around, all the players we 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 might get together, and and that that that's what I think. What do you think, Murphy? I, that's a great point. Um, I mean, even if you look at the goalkeeper, you know, he was second fiddle at most clubs he was with for for a long part of his career. Um, but he's really right. blossomed um, for sport. I I thought Adam was great. I I know there was one game where he gave away a terrible goal. Was it against? Bellanensis a few weeks ago. Yeah. And he, but apart from that, he's been almost perfect this season. I think he's been excellent. Um, Coates has obviously, you know, in, in the past, he's been let go by Liverpool. And um, if you want to put him into that reject category. Pedro, you know, Pedro Gonzalez that. is a one-time Wolves reject. Uh, exactly, yeah. 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 All, albeit he was very young at the time. Um, yeah. And even, you know, the, I suppose Joao Mario... Uh, in some yeah. respects as well, didn't really hit the heights uh, when he was in the UK. So, yeah, I mean, actually, that's it's very true. You have you've a great mix there of guys who want to kind of prove something, uh, experienced players who maybe have had knocks in the past, mixed in with these young kids who are coming in who are trying to make a name for themselves. And it's a great credit to Amarim's man management that he's, he's managed to mould that group into what we saw this season because they were fantastic. You know, they, I mean, they played some great football as well. And, and yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point. I just had one more question, if that's all right. Um, so we've been linked with a few players the last few days. Um, Marcus Edwards being one. You mentioned in the right-back situation, Ricardo is a guy who is, is the, the one that I've seen linked the most. Mm. I'm trying to think off the top of my head as well. There has been Carlos Mane, as we mentioned. Um, Fabio Cardozo, um, which one of those players do you think would be the best fit and which one would you like to see the most? For me personally, I think it would just be Marcus Edwards because I've rated him for a long time and I think he's really good. I think he'd fit right in, but, but what would you think? Um, I think Marcus Edwards has been a little bit hot and cold. A, a few times I've seen him and he's been really good and then I've 
seen him a couple of times where the game has just passed him by and he hasn't really got involved and hasn't influenced the game as much as I would expect. I mean, there were like really high hopes um, for him when he came over. Um, and there are times where you can see he's got that innate ability and he's really skillful and he's quick and he's tricky. Um, I'm Again, I'm just not 100% convinced that he would be the man to lift you to the next level you know um I, I i think if he joined sporting he could be a end up being a, a fringe player who gets a bit of game time here and there um i'm not sure that would be the best move for him um but you know playing in a good team that are winning matches and with his confidence high he is a he's a flair player you know and he did he uh entertained the crowd that's for sure but I'm not. Sh- I'm. I'm not a hundred percent convinced um, by him. Um, so I don't know. I, I actually. Do you know what I think Sporting should do? And I'm putting on my Irish hat here now. But um, there's a young kid. He's he recently earned his um, first senior international cap for Ireland called Gavin Bazunu, goalkeeper, and he moved from Shamrock Rovers to Manchester City uh, when he was like. 17 or 18 he played in europe in the europa league for shamrock rovers when he was 16 years of age um and man city have just put him out on loan this season at rochdale but he is a fantastic goalkeeper and sporting would get him cheap i think um you know man city have so many goalies they can afford to let somebody it, it, it keeps that relationship with man city going by the way um, but he's somebody, even if they don't sign him now, keep an eye out on that goalkeeper, Gavin Bazunu. He's really, really good. He's still only like 19 or something, already a full international. Very, very good. Adan is only going to be there for another year or two, I suppose, at his age. So um, that's somebody to um, keep an eye on. Fabio Cardoso, by the way, I think he'd be a good, solid signing. You know, he's a really t- tough defender. He's... He, he, you know, if if somebody's injured, if if Coates was to get injured or Fidel, um, somebody like Fabio Cardoso, I think, would be a good signing. Because um, there were a few games this season when Fidel was out just towards the end. Um, I think he was out through injury or suspension. I can't remember. But when he was out, they didn't look good uh, or as sound at the back. Um, so he was kind of one of the unsung heroes in a way. Like he had a really good season, uh, Fidel. Um, and I just saw somebody mention Nuno Santos there as well. We haven't spoken about him, but I thought he had a good season as well. And there's still a chance that he might get into the um, Portuguese squad. I saw in the uh, papers he was talking about being disappointed to, to miss out after the season. You think he deserved to be in the team? You think it's he deserved to be in? Over, like, uh, over Geds, for example, who was the person people were saying he should have been in over? It's a, I mean, I'd hate to be the Portuguese manager because you've just so many good players to choose from. Um, and, you know, that's a call that Santos has, has made. I don't know. Um, wearing your sporting hat, you'd have to say Nuno Santos should be in there. But I can, I can kind of see why the. He was an intermittent starter for a lot of the season, you know? Mm-hmm. At the end of the Especially day. Especially towards you, the end. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I, I would not expect him to see be see him be called as the replacement. To be honest, yeah. no, no. And if he does, I'd, I'd be surprised if he sees much game yeah. time. You know, yeah. But who knows? 
Khan, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot. I know you said you didn't want to. You, are you? Uh, you're not envious of uh, Fernand Sanch, but going through this mm. Euros talk transition, by the way, top notch. Um, <laughs> we have. I'll, I'll go through our, our, our the Portugal list, and I want. I want your opinion on whether you think um, what you think of the selection, if you would uh, swap anybody or if you think it's spot on. So, of course, we had Anthony Lopes, Rui Patricio, and Rui Silva in that. We have Cancelo, Smedo as our right backs, Font, Pep, Ruben Diaz, only three center backs, uh, Nuno Mendes and Rafael Guerreiro at left back, Danilo, who could fill in at center back, uh, Bapalhinha, uh, Ruben Neves, um, Bru uh, Bruno, of course, João uh, Mutinho, Renato, Sergio Oliveira, William Carvalho. And then Pot, André Silva, Bernardo Silva, uh, Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo, of course, Diogo Jota, Ge uh, Gonçalo Guedes, João Félix, Rafa. Um, what do you make of that of that selection? Um, do, who, do you agree with all of it? Do you know, I'm just looking at that squad there that you have on the screen, and I'm so jealous. I'm just so <laughs> jealous. <laughs> it's unbelievable. That That is a squad now that, that will be seriously competitive i mean like they have a great chance of winning it again they really do um i like it's very hard for me to say somebody should be picked in that squad ahead of anybody who's already there because when you look at the quality throughout i mean i even even with that squad is that 26 or 23 i, I don't i don't know i can't count 26. 26. That's 26. So, I mean, you have to leave 15 of those guys out of a starting 11. Now, obviously, you can't have yeah. three goalkeepers, but, um, like, who do you leave? That is just a really strong squad and and a very experienced squad. I mean, I know you have a few youngsters in there, but but a lot of guys who've done it before. Um, wouldn't it be nice for Ronaldo to win one more European title with the uh, the national team. I like. I haven't. I, I must say, I haven't looked at the betting or anything to see who the bookies are saying are going to be favourites for the the Euros. But Portugal have to be right up there. I mean, I is there anybody? Is there anybody like when you look at that list? Is there anybody that isn't in? I know we spoke about Nuno Santos there, but is there anybody really obvious who should be there who isn't there? Uh, yeah, let it's me, tough. Uh, let me see. I think Neto is unlucky to be injured. Uh, Pedro Neto, that is. Uh, for yeah, that's, that's, that's something we couldn't. Yeah, but that's not, that's out of the control. Ricardo Pereira coming off a big injury as well. I think if, if he was fitter, he could have made that squad. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Should have been definitely. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going through like the the recent call ups. I mean, there's Pauling, but I don't I don't think he deserves uh, a call up. No. Uh, Trincaung, but he's injured. Natu, like we said, he's injured. Andre the Gomes, one for me is is Rafa. I I don't like Rafa. Like him that much. Let Let me throw you one because I'm like one of the biggest Andre Gomes haters. But I think Andre Gomes has had a better season than João Moutinho. I mean, João Moutinho's had an average season at Wolves. Wolves are, in general have had an mm. average season. Not that Andre Gomes has been much better, but I mean, maybe a shout for him. Maybe even João Mario for João Moutinho as well. If we, I mean, if if I can be so biased, but João Mario for who? For João Moutinho. Yes, I agree. I'm um, trying to think of a Benfica midfielder, but João Moutinho hasn't done hasn't, hasn't done great at the Wolves because then they wouldn't finish twelfth. So I don't yeah. know why he was called up. Uh, Fernand Santos loves Moutinho. Yeah. 
Wow. I mean, you're going to see him getting minutes, like big minutes too, probably. <laughs> Let me also uh, give – I was oh, – uh, Den of Lions just took my uh, my say. I was just about to say maybe instead of uh, Nunu Sanch for uh, the injured Gonzalo Gids, what about my man Nani? Uh, he's currently suspended for Orlando, but he's only been scoring bangers. MLS is growing. It's it's not the MLS of the past. It's a decent league, I think. Uh, bring some experience. Fernando Sanch knows him. Boys, I have an announcement to make. Rio Ava in the second division. It's now 3 nothing. Oh, wow. 3 nothing. Wow. Getting oh, absolutely trash. They still have to give it home. So. Let's have a look at this for a second. <laughs> oh, my God. Peasy. Oh, that's a good shout. Peasy instead of João Moutinho, maybe. Peasy. Oh, man. I'm glad he's not on the team. No, I, I see, he, he hasn't been outstanding this season for yeah. Benfica at all. He's been, uh, he's again, he's been inconsistent. Right. Uh, but half of them were penalties, if yeah. it, maybe more than <laughs> yeah. half, you know. Um, I, I, I mean, I I can see what you're saying, Sam, about Rafa Silva, but he is he, he's the sort of player who could come on with 20 minutes to go and just add a bit of energy to a team and yeah. maybe nick a goal. Um his stats are actually better than you would think they would be, to be honest. I was looking at them the other day because I thought the same thing. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't really always pass the eye test. But, I, yeah, I guess like what you said, all he'd ever be is just a spark off the bench, really. I think so, yeah. Yeah, Sam is just being anti-Benfica, you know. <laughs> surprise, 100%, 100%, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, instead of uh, João Moutinho, I would have called uh, Bergense. I don't, I don't think he's I ready for us. I think in in two years' time for the next, uh, well, when is the next World Cup? In, oh, it's only in a year. 20, yeah, it's only December, a year though. now. Because, uh, because I'm looking forward COVID. to see him doing a battle with like uh, Conte in like a Champions League game. Let's see how he holds up in, in something like that before he's uh, <laughs> before he's in the Euro True. squad. I, I think it's too early for him. I like I'm a big fan of Braganza. Every time he came on, I really liked him, and I think he's got a great, great future. But I just think it's a bit early for him. Uh, he's probably in the under twenty one squad, is he? Or is he too old? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Even another one for João Moutinho, I mean, it's his teammate. He's also in the other 21s, but Vitinha. I think he's also done very well for Wolves. He's been he's been electric when he's played. I know he's had some injury troubles. That's really what's kind of holding him back. But that's another good, sh I, I think, a, a good option instead. Uh, Kana, I, I actually want, also want to know your opinion on William. He's been injured and has had a quite quiet season. Um but what do you think of William's selection? Do you think Finland Sense is, is right uh, in that regard as well? I think he's a good player. I remember, um, I'm not sure if it was last year or the year before, I my brother-in-law is a big Arsenal fan. He goes to every Arsenal game home and away, and he's like really, really serious gooner. And I said to him at the time, William Carvalho will be a great signing for Arsenal. I just thought he, he would give them a bit of solidity um and Unai Emery didn't listen to me despite my best efforts and the move didn't happen um I mean I, I'm not a, I don't know what his injury situation has been this season I haven't really been uh, following La Liga as much as I probably should have but um I like him I really really like him as a player um I think if he had had that move to Arsenal 
when I was trying to get it going. I think it would have been great for him, but um, <laughs> mind you, I prefer to he live. He was in linked Seville. to Arsenal for like every summer for like four years straight. Yeah. That was probably my fault. And he never <laughs> went. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, yeah, I mean, again, I don't. I probably won't start. You know, it's it's just there's yeah. so many good players there. It's really hard. I, I think that's a great squad. I really do. Yeah. I think you've every chance of winning this. You know. What about Sadio um, from uh, from? Uh, uh, it, it, okay. it, it better that he was born in Brazil. That he's from. He played for Football Club Port, but uh, he's a great player. Yeah. I like him. Really. Yeah, yeah, he's had a good season as well. You know. Yeah. Do you think um, you're including the squad, or, or do you think the reason why he was not including the squad is because he, he was born in Brazil? I, I'm yeah. I wonder, does he have ambitions to play for Brazil? Um, just when you look at the likes of um, Verissimo getting called up, um, maybe, maybe the, I, I don't. Again, I don't know the uh, the situation there, but uh, he has had a good season. He's a good player. Um, but it's just so hard to get into that squad, you know. I I, I think it would be, almost be easier to get into the Brazilian squad at the moment than it would be to get into that Portuguese squad. I, I'm being serious. I, I think that's an unbelievably strong squad. Um, yeah, I think other than attacking, I yeah. think yeah, our midfield and defense probably beats the Brazilian squad. Oh, yeah, I mean Everton had a pretty underwhelming season, and he's still in the Brazilian squad. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I got a, a, a fun fact for, for, for Murphy. So, Ryan Gold, how do you think his Portuguese is? Oh, I'd love to know. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'll tell you, it's, it's impossible. No, no way, is it? In some yeah. yeah, it's really good. <laughs> With a Scottish really accent. <laughs> He's lived in Portugal for like uh, like six years now, right? Really? Yeah, yeah. No accent. It's yeah, it's it's perfect. That's yeah. amazing. Wow. Yeah, I, I like. I think he'd be a a good signing for any team. Um, I wonder what will with happen you. with Ryan if he'll go to like the English Championship. Well, Benfica's uh, the, the linked one, or if he'll in stay in Portugal. If he'll go elsewhere, I mean, I really, I think he could go anywhere. Really, um, it'll be yeah. I think. Uh, he's been linked with Celtic as well in Scotland. I think a move to Benfica for him would be a great move. Uh, um, uh, there's an anti-rival clause no, in his contract, they say. He'll be good for him as a, as, a, as a football player, but as a, on a personal basis, knowing the sporting and Benfica... Uh, yeah, George Jesus was the coach that never gave him a chance at sporting. So Exactly. I mean, would, would that's that's really, interesting, yeah. yeah. Would George just really sign him again, you know? I know, I don't think so. That's a great point. Yeah. But JJ he's, does he's love signing players season. that he knows. Maybe he's come around after he's seen him yeah, now. Yeah. Fairweather fan. But. Sorry. <laughs> But like speaking of the Euros, how he didn't get into the Scotland squad, I just <laughs> with I, an ex I mean, I, twenty six spots, three extra spots, yeah. and he still can't oh, get in. Jesus, wow. that, that, that's a terrible decision. Uh, I better see really Scotland is. in the semi-finals or something. Uh. <laughs> that good. I better see them making out of their uh, group, let alone that. Uh... <laughs> that's just a. I I'm wondering, is that a bit of 
out of sight, out of mind. You know, yeah. if, he was, if he was playing as well as he's playing this season in in England, for example, there's no way he wouldn't be in the squad. Or, or Kilmarnock uh, or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was, uh, he was nominated nine times the best player of League of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nine uh, times the most ever. In the Portuguese, is it the most ever? Yeah, yeah, that's Where's amazing. And, and, uh, this year, yeah, yeah, um, no, super, super player. So, I, I can't understand how he didn't uh, get into their squad, but you know, that's their problem now, I suppose. Um, but uh, yeah, no, poor uh, I, the biggest dangers to Portugal, Belgium, England, maybe. I mean, our group is Germany and France and then Hungary. France have a good team as well, I think. I think, I think Germany are always a good team, right? Like, no matter what, that German efficiency. Exactly, and they're also playing at home. I think we also play Hungary in, in Hungary. Yep, yeah. we, I don't play, know we, play, we, play, we play Germany at home and we play Hungary at home. And exactly. the other game is France. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. no easy Jesus. games. <laughs> That's a very tough group, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> really tough. Um, but... Having said that, Portugal are probably the best team in the group. I mean, I know Sam was saying France are good, and they are obviously good. Germany are always going to be difficult to beat, especially at home. But Portugal shouldn't fear anybody, really, you know, with that squad. Um, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very... I'm just sad that Ireland aren't there. We, we missed out in the playoffs, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beating gonna, the penalty I'm gonna, shootout. I'm going to... Unlucky on that one, too. I'm going to put you Thanks. on the spot one more time here. Uh, first game is against Hungary. What's your starting eleven for Portugal, and what do you think our best formation is? Oh Jesus! Do you know? I I actually don't know because some of those guys, like the lads who are playing in Germany and stuff, I'm not seeing week in week out. Um, so I don't know, and it also kind of depends a bit on the opposition and how they're going to be set up. But um, I'd lo I'll tell you what I will say, Ruben Diaz. Is going to play. <laughs> I'd love to see Nuno Mendes getting a run out. Um, it'll be interesting to see if um, the manager will have the faith in him that Ruben Amorim has. Um, I'd love to see João Paulinho play alongside maybe Bruno Fernandes in the middle. But then, you know, you've Danilo there who's been doing so well for PSG as well. Like, genuinely, I swear to God, I really would find it very hard to pick an eleven. From that squad because no matter who you pick you're leaving out like really good players Renato Sanchez had a great season in France with Lille um, is João Felix going to start? I can't see it I don't think, I don't so, think he I'm... should I don't think he should no. either if he does it's really it really is I like, can see uh... him starting some games though but I think mm. Diogo Jota should take whatever place Felix like Fernando Sanchez thinks Felix has mm. give it to jo uh, to Jota instead because he's just I don't know like I'll, a similar player but better. I like John Felix personally. I don't give a. I've I'm, never I'm, I've I'm, never watched I'm, him play for the national team and been like, let's go. Has he played a single? Has he played a single good game for the national team in his like twelve or so games? He's still I, very honestly, young, you know. No, yeah. I'm not writing him off or anything. I'm just saying the tournament is in two weeks. He shouldn't start. I know. Yeah. And the other question I have for you guys is Cristiano Ronaldo at 44 years of age now. Um, does he, is, can he play like three games in 
nine days or whatever the gap is between the games. I mean, is that too much now for... I mean, the no, obvious I, thing I, is to start him in every game, but yeah. I mean, does he does he play I, every I game throughout the tournament? He's got that he, mentality yeah. and the hunger, I think, no, especially for Portugal. But yeah, um, yeah I think I think he's still yeah. got the record too, with still not being yet. So nah, I don't know. I, I, I he cares care. about that. Trust me, he cares about that. <laughs> he needs like six more or whatever. He needs, and he, I mean, any he 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 does have limited games left for Portugal, right? Like three here, guaranteed. There's no guarantee of yeah. more. Some more qualifiers, four more, right? Like seven, maybe another tournament. Like ten games left. Like he doesn't have an infinite amount of time to beat the record, you know. So mm. he he know he knows that. So yeah, he 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 want. But I mean, at the same time, he obviously wants he wants Portugal to win, right? I I, I think that I think that he uh, he didn't he didn't get to play in the final last time. He didn't get to like be the one that that did it. He he yeah. Mm. It was he was he had to watch from the side. So I think that that he probably wants wants in on it ne- the next time, you know. But if they he get obviously penalty, was so will clinical. He, be... he was so clinical in getting in there, though. And yes, he takes all the PKs and free kicks, despite yeah. him not maybe being the best. Being the best. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you'd have to be confident. I know you're in a really tough group and stuff, but I, I'd be really confident that Portugal would do well. But I do get your question, Con, because. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo, I love him. Don't get me wrong. And I think he's an awesome player. But he doesn't pressure as far as uh, defensively. Mm. So he's one of those players that we know it's going to be 11, but really 10 and a half. Because mm. he, doesn't, he doesn't give us what we need as far as uh, a Paulinho that we sometimes so much hate. Me, personally, I like him. Uh, mm. He doesn't call out of goals. He just got the supporting. Anyway. But he does pressure defensively. He drops back and he follows the defenders and midfielders. And that's what Cristiano Ronaldo lacks of giving to the national team. He focused so much in just being a great winger or forward, but he doesn't help out in the defense. And, and, and that's a negative against him. And uh, I know he's an old-timer. Let's, let's say it that way. But, but any time... In any time, it'll be replaced by somebody that's willing to do all that all together. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think um, you just have to sacrifice that bit of work rate for the, the magic that he brings to the party as well, you know. And, yeah. and uh, But it's, it's absolutely true. He's not going to be chasing fullbacks into the corner, closing them down as they're trying to clear the ball. It's just not his game, you know. But... Um, what he does bring is just so good that you know it's, it's it is magic, as I say. I mean, I, I know I said something that people don't like me don't like me to say it, but I know it's the truth. He doesn't pressure back at all. So, no, I mean, sort of at Juventus, he didn't, and I love him. Don't get me wrong, don't you know? But in in a, in the twenty first century, a striker has to pressure back. Like we expecting from Thiago Tomas and uh, Paulinho, and he doesn't mm. do it at all, at all. So. Yeah, even like the likes of Bernardo Silva at Manchester City. I mean, that's what um, they do. You know, they they put defenders under pressure straight away as soon as they receive the ball. Their work rate is really high. Um, um, but and that's, and that's why they get paid ten million dollars a year. 
Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. But but there are other things that Cristiano Ronaldo is pretty good at, in fairness to him. No, no, of course. No, no <laughs> doubt about that. But you know. But when you play with him and that and it's a decisive game, sometimes I understand, you know, the, the changes like Pirlo, uh, he made at Juventus and Fernand Santos, he's been subbing him a little bit and he doesn't like it. But I get it. I mean, hey, you gotta play the full ninety minutes and you have to pressure back. That's that's the way it's played now nowadays, and uh, the the old style of traditional striker is no longer applicable. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Mm. Um, I don't know about anything else about the Euros, guys. If anybody else has any comments, questions, take it away, guys. What about England's chances, Sam? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I think they've got a good team. Uh, the defense, I think, leaves a lot to be desired. They've got, I think, they've got generational players in there. Foden, um, I really rate Mason Mount as well. Um, Mason Greenwood, I think, but just the defense, I think, will let them down. And I don't think I don't see them doing too well personally. Um, I think, like I said, they're very sort of top-heavy as in regards to even goalkeepers i don't really rate jordan pickford that much you know they've got dean henderson but i'm i'm, I'm really not sure about their, def their, their defense there hmm. what, i'm just off the top of my head i can't remember who's in their group yeah i'm pulling it up now uh where is it did you notice that Tim said i think we I think <laughs> <laughs> no, I was trying my hardest not to say that. <laughs> More British and Portuguese. Okay. Uh, I, I I don't like the English national team, mostly to do with the English press. To be fair, but um, I think they do have a great quality players. And but in terms of like the whole squad and like the the press, I really don't like the England national team when they play. Yeah, it's funny. My brother-in-law, the Arsenal fan that I was talking about earlier on, um, he has he doesn't follow the English football team at all. I mean, he's from London, he's, he's English, but it, it's Arsenal is his team and he doesn't care about the English uh, national team at all. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. But um, no, I must say I'm really looking forward to the Euros, though. You know, it's uh, it's been a long wait. So, um, sounds, like, uh, sounds like he's related to uh, my friend Bruno Ferreira. Bruno is the same way. He doesn't give a damn about the Portuguese national team. Only Porto. Just really, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the best picture. England, Scotland, England, England, Scotland, Croatia, Scotland. Czech Croatia. Oh, that's an easy group. Yeah, it's England always get an easy group. I don't know how they manage to fix that, but uh, they always get an easy group. Yeah, mind you, Croatia will will give them a a, a decent match, but. Uh, yeah, you'd expect them to come out of that group, all right. I mean, when you compare that group to Portugal's, it's just mm -hmm. chalk so, and cheese. Let, let me ask you a question. Um, it's a top two to qualify because when I was looking at the UEFA, uh, and there's third place teams. The, it's a third a third place in every group. Or? No, no, so I think it's only four. At the the top, best third places. The top two or three or something. I think it's the top two. Uh, yeah. Which is horrible for a group like Portugal because there's so many tough teams. Yeah. That yeah. if you draw, let's say we draw against Hungary, I mean, we're screwed. We have to win. And then even if we if we tie Hungary, exactly. I was going to say if we tie Hungary, tie France and Germany, 
that's still maybe tough because three points might get you through, might not, depending on yeah. the other groups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I mean, it worked for us last year, also, so maybe, uh, maybe we need some of that again. <laughs> yeah, the if only pity for face for Scotland, then I reckon they'd be England. I'm just putting that out there. Putting into. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you. If we don't, if we if we don't win the European Championship, I would love for Scot Scotland to win it. <laughs> Scotland, <laughs> no, North Macedonia. Justify, yeah, Ristovsky. I, I mean, they make the best, yeah. the best whiskey ever. So. <laughs> hey, you obviously haven't tried Irish whiskey. Oh, no, I've yeah, I think you're confusing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I'll send you a good bottle of Irish whiskey, and you can you can try oh, it out. And... Do two twenty-two Angevin Middle Town. I don't know if you want to put that out there in the internet stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Send me a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> um, the 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 um games been played all over Europe. I know they've they've reduced it i mean we were meant to i think it was four or five games were meant to be played in dublin and it was taken away from dublin because of the whole covid situation and everything but the the concept of playing the the finals around different countries in in europe i'm not a, a huge fan of that um yeah i like the, the, host, nice the idea of like a host country or yeah something, yeah you know? just as a, more of a kind of a carnival atmosphere when say like portugal were hosting it and was it oh Four. four yeah yeah and mm -hmm. um, you know all the fans come together from the different countries and there's just you know everybody's wrapped up in the in the championships whereas when it's spread out the way they're doing it this time i'm not sure it'll have quite the same uh impact and it's also a bit of a pain in the mm -hmm. ass for fans who have to travel from you know one country to another to the games and stuff so um it'll be interesting to see how it goes but i i wasn't a huge fan of that um idea i must admit i yeah, agree I, I agree with that. even before covid yeah i think they tried to uh i hate to say it this way but it's um it's more than obvious they tried to imitate the united states they thought they were like european union being together they thought that were like they were like a country like the united states and let's do it the same way they did it so mm. that's why I think yeah. they try to please everyone as well by going to every country just yeah. so yeah. like all the, the bigger countries and well, bigger stadiums. So, somehow Lisbon's not included or Porto, you know, multiple yeah. five star stadiums left out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I agree with Khan. I mean, it doesn't benefit anybody. I, I would rather be, if it's going to be in Scotland, let it, let it be in Scotland alone mm. and benefit, you know, that country. You know, and then I would love to go to Scotland and visit Scotland. That would be a reason for me to go to Scotland. You know, you just want to go there to drink the whiskey. Steph, let me tell you, I've been to Scotland. The only thing like exciting was trying to see the Loch Ness monster that just doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with apologies to all of our Scottish, uh, I'm kidding. Yours. I love, I love, <laughs> I love I, Scotland. Was a was a fun time. Brian Gould, um, if you're listening, we're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you go to Bayfica, we're not sorry. Yeah, no, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um I'll, I'll ask all of you guys um who do you guys have winning winning the tournament um a bold a bold uh a bold prediction i'm gonna i'll go first i i think i'm gonna i, I i'm gonna i'm gonna go with france i think i see us i see them not us i see them mm. repeating world cup and then euro 
especially off the pain of the last year where they lost at home to us. Um, um, yeah. How about I, you? I, I see two dark horses, which I think could potentially cause an upset. And one of them is Italy. I've, I've had a look at their team. I can't remember off the top of my head. I saw it the other day and they've got some really good players in yeah. there. Um, and I commented it earlier, Belgium. Uh, we've been saying it for years how good their team is, especially the, the attack with Lukaku and Hazard. I know he's had a bit of a an off-season, but I feel like we've been waiting for Belgium to come alive for so long. I think looking at their group as well, they shouldn't, shouldn't have any sort of problems there. I, th- I I generally think Belgium and Italy are the dark horses in this one. Mm-hmm. Good point. I mean, Lukaku's been killing it too. Yeah, mm. exactly. Incredible season. I know, but he was still uh, short five goals of uh, Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> I I mean, for me, there's three potential winners. Uh, Portugal, France, Belgium. I think yeah. the winner will come from one of those three. Um, and I hope it's Portugal mm-hmm. because Portugal is in my heart now. Yeah, I'm gonna have to <laughs> ride with the re- with the repeat. Hey, really? We, yeah. yeah, we don't have good whiskey, but we 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 do have good red wine. Oh yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and port. Yes. <laughs> Um, and as long as England don't win, I don't mind though. Really, anybody can win. <laughs> so, <laughs> honestly, on this England, they have the probably the best team I've I've personally ever seen. Maybe since like the Lampard, the like golden generation that just failed miserably. But it's just something about England that I don't think they'll ever win a tournament. I don't think they have the right mentality. It's their it's their management as well. I I, I don't yeah, care yeah. that that except, highly. Except, I know he did. Except yeah. for 1966, when they won by cheating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that ball never crossed the line. No way. <laughs> yeah, I was there. I seen it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you something, actually. You, you'll all know how old I am now. I'm ancient. But I was actually born in January of 1966. So I was six wow. months or seven months old when England won the World Cup um, okay. at Wembley. And I've spent my whole life trying to get over it and recovering from the uh, shock of England winning the uh, the World Cup. So <laughs> it's uh, the only thing is they haven't actually managed to win anything since. So that it hasn't been yeah. so bad. Um, but yeah. but I, I think Sam's right. It, like they have some really good young players. Foden, what a, what a what a player he is. I, I think um, he's going to be one of the one, one of the best. The, the, yeah, he's brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and and like uh, Mason Mount mm-hmm. as well top guy but um yeah I, I think they might ship a few goals uh ultimately that will probably kill them but um but they yeah. have i mean i if i was an english football fan i'd be quite excited about this tournament given the team that we have going into it but uh but i'm not i was surprised as well they left out patrick bamford after the season he's had i think when i was looking at the squad he was like the big Emission I saw, especially they include mm. Ollie Watkins. I'm not sure how how he got ahead of, of Bamford, but yeah, I, I, think, yeah. I think they have, they have so many options there. Like we said, Foden and you know Greenwood and and Mount, and even obviously Harry Kane is either way is going to start. So even if you bring Patrick Bamford, Ollie Watkins, it's going to be Harry Kane yeah. the whole time. So yeah. I, I just don't think Southgate. I know what he did in the, the World Cup and fair play to him, but. I don't think he's going to recreate that. I think their defence is just too leaky at the moment. I, mm-hmm. I don't trust Harry Maguire back there. I do like John Stones, but I, I just don't see them see them 
getting that that far with that defense. I, I see a lot of better teams with better defense than yeah. that. Um, yeah. Patrick Bamford qualifies to play for Ireland, and I think he has been approached by Ireland. Uh, obviously, his first choice would be to play for England, um, but if he's been left out of the squad this time, maybe there's a possibility that eventually, at some point, he might actually decide to throw his lot in with Ireland. Um, I wasn't going to mention it, but I was going to say Declan Rice is is one of my favourite players to watch in England. Actually, There's two of them. Uh, Jack Grealish and Declan Rice both played under 21 for Ireland um, and they both have Irish names and both qualify, obviously, having played under 21 for Ireland. Harry Kane could have played for Ireland as well. His um, Mm -hmm. people come from Galway. Kane is a very Irish name. Um, in fact, England have spent their entire time raiding Ireland, and people like Kevin Keegan uh, should have been should have played for Ireland, um, but instead he chose to play for England. So down through history, they've had a lot of Irish players who um, are Irish qualified anyway. But Patrick Bamford, yeah, I, 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 in a way, I'm glad that England haven't picked him because I do think he'd mm-hmm. do a great job for Ireland. Uh, and with a name like Patrick, you know, he, he obviously uh, has Irish blood in him. So we'll see that. But that's. Um, that's a, I suppose, a, a discussion for another day. We'll see what happens. But yeah, Rice and Grealish would be very unpopular in Ireland, having come like they played 15, 16, 17, 18s, 21s with Ireland, uh, kissing the badge and singing the anthem. And then was it was Rice the captain was as it? well? For the he was, yeah, well. yeah, yeah. I could have uh, sworn Rice has at least one senior cap, doesn't he? He was in the squad and they oh, made the mistake of not putting him on for the last 60 seconds or something just to nail him in um, wow. and because uh, he had only played friendlies or, or he, he had only played under 21s and hadn't played yeah. a competitive game um, that was that uh, and uh, yeah, and he is a, I mean himself and Jack Grealish in the Irish team would, would be uh, would be great for us yeah. but um, but that's a uh, Water under the bridge now, but if if they don't win the Euros, we won't be too disappointed. I'll put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) We feel about them the way you feel about Rui Patricio after he left uh, Sport at that time. (laughs) Uh, He can, uh, he can really, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But it's uh, look, look at all those teams. Look at all the games we have to look forward to. I'm, I'm really, really dying for it. Yeah. So, so let me put everybody on the spot if you guys don't mind. I'm, and I'm gonna start with uh, with Cam Murphy. So, who's gonna be the winner of Group A? Italy. Sam. Uh, yeah, Italy is off me. Chris. Yeah, Italy. Danny. Switzerland. Switzerland. Oh, Safarovic. Okay. Safarovic, yeah. and Zaka <laughs> for your Gunnar uh, brother. <laughs> brother. Let's move on. Who be, Con? Belgium. Yeah. Same. No brain. Yeah. Belgium. Belgium. Belgium as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Group C. Con. That's. Uh, yeah. It's a tough group. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm going to go for the Netherlands is the obvious one. Maybe I think Ukraine could be good as well. But I, I Netherlands have found a little bit of form again. So I'll go with Netherlands. Sam? I think yeah, I'm going to go with Ukraine because I know they've got some of that Brazilian heritage in their team. I think Tyson is one and Marlos yeah. is one players that... that uh, every, I can't say I watch too many Shakhtar games, but when I see them in Champions League and Europa League, 
they've been good. So I'm going to make a, a wild prediction and I'll put Ukraine up top. Chris? Uh, I'm riding with my boy Rostovsky. <laughs> I was going to say the same. <laughs> uh, I'm actually trying to look up the Austrian team because they. I think they only the only one I recognize is maybe Paulson, but yeah, David I'll, I'll go as Austria. David Alaba. True, true. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, but they had a disappointing good. World Cup or last year. Else, now that I think of it, I'll, I'll go with uh, Holland as well, the Netherlands. But Northern Macedonia for sure getting second. For sure, that's a that's a Daniel stamp it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with Macedonia. Uh, so uh, Group D, Con. Uh, group D, uh, Croatia with uh, England to finish fourth. <laughs> <laughs> so, someone I don't believe you, but <laughs> I'm gonna edge England. I do think Croatia will be close. I do do like the Croatia national team, but I think a lot of their star players are up there in age. So I think I'm gonna go with with England. Chris, yeah, unfortunately England. <laughs> Same. Same. Happy about it. Unfortunately, <laughs> England too. Yeah, but uh, like we've been mentioning. The whole podcast, Scotland better come first to, to justify Ryan Gold not being in there. Okay, me, me personally, I'm gonna see Scotland. My neighbor is a Celtics fan, green and white, so I'm gonna go to Scotland. Yeah, so. <laughs> okay, group E, uh, group E, I think Spain aren't as good as they used to be, and I think Sweden are fairly decent. Poland have some good players, but I'm gonna go for Spain. Okay, uh, uh, Sam. Just uh, on form in the Bundesliga, I think you can't count out Lewandowski. I'll put Poland first. Yeah, yeah. and Portuguese manager too. Yeah. Oh yeah, Trafalgar. Yeah, 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 yeah there it is. Yeah, and Polish females and um... Poland. <laughs> uh, I'll, 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 yeah, I'm gonna go. I'll lean more towards Sweden. I think they have a good team. They have the the Juve guy too, who's had a pretty good season. Ibra's back. Lindelof is, is, is an amazing player back. I, Ibra's injured, I think. Oh, he's, he's, right. He's been ruled out. Yeah. Oh, that changes everything then. Yeah, I'll go with Spain. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Sweden have a good team though. Yeah, I'm gonna go with mm-hmm. Poland for some reason. I think Poland's gonna be the outsider of that group. And then group group F Khan, but I'll go first. Portugal, go ahead, Khan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Portugal, France, and Germany to finish level on points and Portugal to have the best goal difference. Actually, I don't know if it's goal difference or head-to-heads that uh, count, but if they finish level on points, it'll probably be the same head-to-head anyway. Um, Portugal by a nose. Uh, For me, uh, my brother put the comment in earlier about Mbappe and Benzema being up top. So I think France France going to finish first with Portugal second. Then Germany third, and then obviously Hungary fourth. I knew, I knew you were French. I know, I knew you. Were French. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he hates England so much. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what about you, Chris? Uh Portugal. No, I'm gonna agree with Sam. I'm gonna go uh, France. Oh, Portugal what... second, though. Portugal second. That's because you live in you live in Canada and you speak French. As you say. <laughs> in petit peu, you were born in France, Steph. <laughs> no, but that was my mistake. <laughs> I had no choice in the matter. 
I do speak the language and I'm proud of it, but uh, I'm, I'm fully Portuguese 100%. Um, so now the last question of the day will be, who's going to win the European Cup? Yeah, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with. Oh, sorry. No, no. Hey, hey. I'll guess first. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with Portugal. I'm just looking at that squad, and I'm thinking for Ronaldo to go out in a blaze of glory. Um, Portugal to win, but but I'd be very worried about Belgium. Sam. Obviously, I want Portugal to win. Like, don't get it twisted. But I'm gonna have to go Belgium in this one. Chris, I I want Portugal to win, and I think they're gonna. And I honestly haven't had this much confidence going into a major tournament, maybe ever, to be honest. Since Euro 2004, for me, but you know, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't I even any confidence that I have would have was immediately shattered after the first game. So the rest of it was just a bonus. <laughs> true, true. And Danny? Yeah, I would love Portugal to repeat, but uh, I don't. I see France winning this. Uh, but outside shout, uh, Canada is going to win the Gold Cup, July second. By the way, guys, that's when it starts. Good luck. So let me just let me just throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to go along the same line. I think I, I, I want Portugal to win, but I think Scotland will win. It's Scotland. <laughs> but look, stranger yeah. things have happened. Stranger things have happened. Johnny Walker, Johnny Walker, blue label. <laughs> Glenn Fiddick. <laughs> the, I'll feel the really one bad I'm... for Ryan if he misses out on that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Um, the one thing I would point out is I'm the only one who tips Sporting to win uh, Liga Nosh this season, so I'm on a hot run now with my tips. And uh, yeah. so I think, you know, okay. Portugal. Um, remember where you heard it first: Portugal All to right. lift the trophy. So, so what you're saying, Con, is if Portugal win the trophy, you'll be back on for part three. Yeah, <laughs> I, you'd be sick of me by then, but I'd be more than happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I actually really genuinely think um, Portugal have a really good shout with that squad. I mean, just when you look at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll see you again. I hope so. I'm about to place a bet on Portugal right now. <laughs> I'm going to bet. Little, I wonder what the odds are, but I'll put a nice little $10 on them. No problem. I'm going to bet on the Scotland. <laughs> Stand up will go a long way on, this, on Scotland if they win. If, yeah, if Scotland loses, you guys will have to come over to my house, and I'll give you, I'll give you a place to stay. I'll give you food. I'll give you drinks. Well, you gotta buy your own, like whatever you like, of course. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you'll have a place to stay. Food. So even though even though my wife is Befikista, but she'll uh, I'll make sure she'll accept you. <laughs> I, I, you must have some interesting uh, chats when the derby is on with the wife oh it's it, it's, it gets a little bit ugly even though she's not like very in-depth with Bifika she, she doesn't even know the data foundation because I confuse her all the time <laughs> I mean maybe I confused about that anyway by themselves um, uh, but <laughs> uh, you know what I mean, guys. 
but that, yeah, we have some interesting conversations. But once Sporting does win, I certainly do, don't want Benfica to win. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, before we wrap it up, I don't know if there's uh, much Mudali Dodge. Uh, I know we're just, I know just the basketball, but I don't know if, and the hockey today. So, Steph, I don't know if you want to do a quick read. Yes, of course, that's you. I didn't want to talk about that. Yeah, so, so, uh, so in basketball, we'll play against uh, Porto <laughs> at, uh, at Casa do Dragão in their pavilion. So, it's a one one. Yeah, it's one one at, at this. They, they stole the game from us. We we lost for the first time in our pavilion. Uh, so we must win tomorrow. If we don't, then we'll be put on the spot, and they, they could win the championship in their pavilion. Uh, so we clinch in uh, the Joaquin Patins. Uh, in uh, futsal, we uh, we play the second game against the Futsal on Sunday. Um, so. And it looks like we're going to win. And Befica, they're winning against Modicu. So it looks like the final is going to be Sporting Befica. And that will be the last competition of uh, in the modalities to, to finish to wrap up the, the season 2020-2021. So we better win that competition. Uh, so the uh, soccer beach or football beach uh, tournament has begun, but it's in the initiation st stage of it. So... We still have the whole summer. Sporting won the last championship, uh, but uh, you know that's still too early to talk about that. Uh, besides that, not, that's all I have uh, in uh, handball. We do have a derby against Benfica uh, on Saturday, or is it Sunday? Uh, which it doesn't mean much, really. It's just the derby itself because they lost against Sporting the Orta from Masurs, and we basically guaranteed the second place, which gives us a place in the we clinched the uh, league europa in the handball competition and here comes my son sam but he doesn't want to be on uh, <laughs> uh he is sportingista at least he doesn't know but he's a saucy to sporting uh, since he was born and i don't think he cares about that yet eventually he will uh and then that's it i have for modalities really cool Oh, and the B team got promoted to the third league. Yeah, they play on Sunday against Odia. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't mean anything. That's why I didn't mention it. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's just a, a practice game. And they know. Uh, that's it. Back to you, Danny. Perfect. Perfect. Um, Con, thanks again for joining us. We're to... Uh, Part three when Portugal do win the Euros. Um, I don't know if I'm cutting in or out yet. You guys hear me okay? Yeah, you're back. You're back with us, yeah. I think I'm I'm back. Khan, again, yeah. thank you. Thank you for thank you for joining us again. Well, we're looking forward to part three, like I was mentioning, when Portugal do win the Euros. I'm gonna place a nice little bet on that. So cheers for cheers to that. Steph, uh, we can then now exchange uh, addresses after for the whiskey so that your address isn't out on the, uh, on the internet <laughs> yeah. like that, unless anybody wants to send Steph some stuff. <laughs> Murphy, where do you live, Murphy? I live in Dublin, but I'm not giving my address out on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not sure I have told you, but I, I work for the U.S. government, so I'll find it. Anyway. <laughs> I find you and I get you. Yeah, that is, that's believable. I'm not gonna lie, it's believable. I'm only, I'm only, 
funny. I'm only kidding. I, I, I could never do such a thing because I, I would get fired. Uh, no, I, I would actually. Actually, I would. Uh, no, but uh, if if uh, if Portugal wins the European Cup, we'll go to Dublin and celebrate with Murphy. That sounds like a, a party that's worth attending. Yeah, definitely. In a neutral environment. It doesn't have to be at your house. <laughs> <laughs> Done deal. <laughs> Thanks, Khan. Yeah. So with that, yeah, no problem, toodles, guys. guys. That's that's one fifteen. Shout out to everybody in the chat. I know everybody decided to come right after the Europa League game, so we appreciate that. Um <laughs> Yeah, see you on the next one, whenever that one is. And uh, yeah, viva, viva Sporting. And uh, viva Connie Murphy for coming to us. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. Take Cheers. it easy. Cheers. Cheers.